is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And uh, our website, freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features there are free. Main feature allows you to control the content of the site. You find something online that you want to share with the rest of our listeners, you just submit it as show prep to the website and then at that point, uh, it will appear and others can vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You can vote on things as well and the most liked make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Uh, once again, lots uh, to discuss here. We'll, of course, take your phone calls about anything you want. 800-259-9231. Big news uh, around the world, obviously, is the Egypt situation and it just so happens that J.J. is here again tonight, and he is the man on the spot when it comes to uh, paying attention to what's going on over there. The revolution that is in effect and has been in effect for, what, two over two weeks at this point? Yes. Uh, just about the 25th was the first, uh, I guess, big day of protests. And the up to, there was protests leading up to the 25th, but it wasn't until that landmark day that things actually started to take hold and... Mm-hmm. The, the fearlessness in the protesters actually started to uh, to occupy you know their their mind instead of the fear and so it, it was sort of at this point a lot of people were uh, up until then obviously afraid of the regime regime afraid of the police crackdown and the security you know I was uh, talking I was watching CNN today and and uh, the press I think it was Anderson Cooper somebody somebody was saying that when you used to go to Egypt you couldn't even get people to talk on television because they were mm. scared of saying something that essentially would have the uh, the secret police to visit their house and uh, you know execute them that's right so so a large part of the protest process has been overcoming that fear that the state has instilled into them that indoctrinated fear mindset and obedience as a, a reflex uh, you know, was overridden because they realized they could gather in large numbers. They realized that they had support among their community and among the different uh, factions. I mean, that's that's the key to remember with the Egypt situation is there is no leader. They have different factions. Different people want different things, but they're all unified behind the goal of getting rid of the current regime. So that's that's their point right now. It's like we, we're not looking at the future. We're not looking at the next government. We're not looking at how we're going to solve these problems. Right now, we're just going to solve this one problem. And then once that problem is solved, we'll, we'll figure the rest of it out. So I've got this uh, this article out of uh, from the Associated Press on NPR.org. Before you start on that, the big news I heard today was that Mubarak was going to step down. And then when I checked the news right before the show... Apparently he's Psych. changed his mind or never really meant that or whatever. That's right. Not going to. The, uh, the article is entitled, Egypt's Protesters Furious at Mubarak's Speech. The mood in Tahrir Square was excellent. Exu- Finally, the protesters thought their moment in history had come. President Hosni Mubarak was about to quit. Then euphoria turned to fury. As Mubarak ban- began speaking on television Thursday night, his voice reverberated across audio speakers and mobile telephone radios. The words the huge crowd expected did not come. Unease turned to head shaking and disbelief, murmurs of disgust and anger surged and tears of frustration fell. Mubarak was not stepping down. Even before he finished speaking, people were booing and chanting, get out, and were not happy. While waving waving their shoes in the air, the souls facing towards a large open air screen that showed the president speaking from notes behind a podium. Now that's a big insult, right? The shoes. Yes, gesturing with shoes is a grave insult in the Arab world. 
but it was a crowd that felt insulted, cheated, and their expectations shattered after a day of conflicting reports about what would come next in the Egyptian crisis. I know you people feel terrible, <laughs> but I love power! Yeah. I'm afraid that wasn't his story. It was uh, It was much like, well, you know, that it's all these Westerners that are manipulating us, and, uh, you know, oh, really? uh, I'll, I'll make sure that they get, uh, they get out of here. Like, he was, it was really, uh, he's out of touch and no just drunk with power. Mm. It, you know, it, it, I, Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was uh, governor of California, we just recently stepped down or whatever, and he, he admitted that he was addicted to the he power. Did. And I think it's very, I, I mean, come on. Who is it? The kind of people that get to these uh, positions are going to be the kind of people that become addicted to power. The mm. only kind of people that could even possibly not are the kind of people that would never go for them in the first place. Yeah. Well, maybe, but uh, studies show they could be corrupted, yeah, too. It does happen. Now, Al Jazeera also re- has been reporting uh, just recently with one of their uh, – just before the uh, the new hour in uh, Greenwich Mean Time um, – of the new day that Hosni Mubarak has, I guess, given some of his power to the vice president. He still retains the title. He's also working on amendments, uh, six constitutional articles, and uh, so he's he's sort of doing the, I guess, sort of the detox. You know, this this drunk power mad person mm-hmm. seems to be at least showing the people that he's he's giving up some of his power and sort of transitioning to that September date of handing over the rest of the reins. Well, that's when he claims he's going right. to correct. give it up. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, I mean, at this point, he's got, what, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, uh, you know, in the streets just going. You know, they're, they're peaceful, but you know, they've been buildings set on fire. I mean, his his country's in a, a total state of uproar and he won't leave now. No, you're telling me in September he's gonna that he's going to willingly leave. I mean, I just, I just can't go for that. Well, Terry, why don't we get to more of this? It's be a here, new crisis. He's going to have to stay. I want to make sure we get your thoughts in here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Dan is listening to WGMD in Maryland. Hello, Dan. Yeah, hi, fellas. Uh, just a topic I was uh, watching on the national news a little while ago, and by the way, I hope winter leaves a little bit sooner and later. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, go with your thoughts. Yeah, uh, my thoughts on Egypt. I can. Can can we try to surmise from President Mubarak's point of view, too, also that this fellow may have some state secrets he might want to uh, realign to protect a little bit, and the, uh, the the whole Middle East process over there, he might have some, uh, you know, processes he might want to uh, uh, gloss over first before he starts handing all this information over to a, another form of government, you know, willy-nilly like the uh, Muslim Brotherhood uh, that some of these protesters would probably like to see, uh, you know, take over. Do, do you know where I'm coming from on this? Well, I, I sort of see what you're saying, but at the same time, the protesters have made their point clear. After this speech that we just talked about where, where he uh, handed over some, some minor power to the vice president but basically said, I'm not leaving, they, they literally chanted, we're off to the presidential palace, we're going as millions of martyrs. They've made up their mind that, that Mubarak has to leave. After, after 29 years under his, his thumb, uh, the people are fed up, and and frankly, they don't care about the political ramifications. They they only care about the moment and the goal of removing him. It seems so. Yeah, I, 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 I we we I, can we can think and surmise all we want, but I think the people have have definitely made up their opinion. Yeah, I understand, and uh, I I grant them that. It, in fact, it's they're trying to be a, a real democracy, just like we would be over here. Even though if sure. we did that in Washington D.C. against Barack Obama, I don't think that would work. You know, overnight to you know to get rid of him. You know, if that's a position you took. 
But uh, I, I just wanted to point that out, that there might be you know, a little bit more going on with him than, than just meets the eye and that we're willing to talk about on national TV because there is some uh, you know, things going on around the world that you know, he might not like uh, everybody to know right away. That's, that's all I'm saying. Well, you know, I, I understand the position, and it's, uh, it's one that I've heard many, many times, the idea yeah. that those in the government know more than we do. And, you know, they must know st- stuff that we don't know. That much is true. But it kind of leads us to the point where uh, we are in this country where we let the CIA run amok in other people's countries because, well, those people must know what they're doing. And I think that when you're going, you know, I, I think that democracies are probably better than plutocracies and uh, autocracies. I'm not saying I'm real fond of democracies either, but, you know, I mean, if if some if a government's going to parade around like it's a, a government of the people, then it ought to act like one, I suppose. Yeah, you're you're right. I'm not. I, I see your point, were... Dan. It's, yeah. yeah, I see yeah, your point. I, I... As far as the state secrets and sort of protecting what what in Egypt, in order to start a business, you have to grant fifty one percent share of the business to someone who's an Egyptian citizen, and so you know, in order, all the businesses are basically owned by Egyptians, and there's this this conflagging of government and bureaucracy where the the bribery is just just crazy high. Hey, I don't think state secrets are, you know, a good enough excuse to keep a, a, a madman in, in power. And I, I thank you for the call, Dan. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI tool for Eli. You take control. Bring it. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Uh, And 800-259-9231 is the number here. If you've got comments on the Egyptian situation or whatever might happen to be on your mind, obviously there are other things going on in the world, and uh, we'll touch on a few of those uh, a little bit later on when we get the chance. But right now, uh, the big news worldwide is that Mubarak, the president, so-called, of Egypt, is refusing to step down after earlier uh, reports indicating that he would be uh, planning to step down. And he claims still, I guess, that he's going to do it in September. Um, so just just simmer down, folks. Get on out of the streets. Get back to your lives. And uh, I promise, I've never lied to you before, have I? Right. I promise I'll leave in September. Right. And and part of what we're seeing now is the, the protest. It still, it still carries on with the tent city in Tahrir Square. But at the same time, people are getting back to their lives on a more routine basis, and they're planning protests basically like three or four days a week. So they all turn up in large number on those days, mm-hmm. and then on the other, you know, the, the rest of the days, they're make they're trying to make money, um, provide food, continue the services for the communities and and their families, and uh, so they're taking care of their lives. But they have to make it more of a part time protest. That doesn't mean that it hasn't been successful because some of the biggest days have been just recently. So it seems this more focused approach of protest on, you know, every other day, mm. it seems to be working out for them and letting them continue it and and, and sort of give a long haul uh, approach. So I've got this article here that sort of talks about the 
the pageantry that Mubarak did in order to try to appease these these protesters. From AOL.com is this this article about Omar Suleiman, Egypt's fix-it man, doesn't appease crowds from Lauren Freyer. The, uh, the article goes on to say that Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak delegated some of his powers to his vice president, Omar Suleiman, tonight, but apparently that didn't appease several hundred thousand protesters in Tahrir Square. How would it? As the president <laughs> refused to step down. That would be like, uh, we had, what is it, I think a guy called Saturday night uh, talking about how he wanted to impeach, what's it take to impeach the president? And we kind of talked him down from his ledge, uh, pointing out that what good would it do to impeach the president? And then vice, the vice president just becomes in charge. Whoopee-doo. Right. So, I mean, is this gonna, supposed to be, are people supposed to believe this is significant change? Putting right. one you know, puppet to, in for another? According to some of the cables released, some of the WikiLeaks cables and some of the, uh, some of the anonymous sources that have hacked into the government computers and whatnot, um, about five years ago, uh, the the cables indicate that there was some talk of Mubarak becoming an old man at 78 years old, and they were looking at who his successor would be, mm-hmm. and Israel put their two cents in, and basically they said, we want Suleiman, because Omar, Omar Suleiman has been working uh, with U.S. interests, including the CIA, for many, many years, and is basically uh, the next incarnation of Mubarak, or a, sure. a Western puppet, a sock puppet. So That'll it, fool him. That's right. Immediately <laughs> after Mubarak's speech, Suleiman called on protesters to go home and asked Egyptians to unite and look to the future, as if that's going to solve it. <laughs> the protesters responded by shouting, leave, leave, leave. And basically nice. it goes on to talk about how they, they, they don't trust Suleiman, they don't like him, and they don't accept him. I can't blame him. So, um, you know... <sighs> You really got to ask yourself. I mean, th- these people probably aren't getting very many government services at this point. Would you would you say that's probably true that that the uh, government services in Egypt are probably just at a, at a pretty much a standstill? I don't know. It seems I, you know, it seems like that's what's happening, and I I imagine what they're saying is that you know we really don't need anybody in charge until we can elect new people, and mm-hmm. I I don't. They're know, right. If they you don't. Could, if you could just get rid of the government until to September when they voted people in, they might just decide we don't need this entirely. I hope so. I think I think you should also look at the the current situation in Egypt is largely a voluntarist or or you know, lawless situation where the police are no longer on the streets they're no longer providing the police protection so there must be just rampant yeah. crime when they do come on the streets they they hit people in the head with sticks that's as right. quick as they can so yes. there's no police so there must be people just murdering and raping oh no everywhere. actually things are working quite well i mean there is looters there has been efforts to some of them are police to from what free I the the violent prisoners. I mean, that was a, a plan uh, to stir up unrest. To free the violent prisoners. That's right. They would like the police's plan. You mean? Yes. The the uh, some said it was an Al Qaeda plot. Some say you know whoever whoever plot it was. It was the idea of causing unrest by releasing these violent individuals who are known mm. to to commit crimes into this this current situation. But the the protesters are still banding together, protecting their communities. That you know, there's still business being carried on right now, with banking and buying food and and creating products and services. So the the idea that there's lawlessness and and just uh, chaos is is a foolish one. Are, are people still paying the fifty percent? I wonder. You mentioned like fifty one percent. If a business starts up in Egypt, they have to give that money. Was it to uh, Mubarak? Who? No, no, no. Basically, any Egyptian citizen has to. You know, a citizen has to own fifty one percent of the business. Oh, I see. Yes. But Mubarak was a key figure in a lot of these high-profile businesses getting into the country. And because of that, obviously, he received a large kickback, you know, 51% of the profits or whatever 
his deal was. All right, so Coca-Cola will let you come in as long as you uh, give half your business to my friend over here who's an Egyptian citizen. Well, Mubarak himself has, what, 70 or $80 billion in accounts around the world. He's milked this place dry. Yep. I mean, but it's not about the money. He didn't. He didn't get that by being a public servant. Obviously, you know? uh, I mean, so but it's not about the money though. That just proves it, right? That this man is about power. He's about control. Yes, because yep. he's got all that's the what, money in the world. That, that those are the people that are drawn to these public offices. It's true with our politicians as well oh, yeah. as well as is, is theirs. Yep. So, so I think. The, the protests, a lot of people sort of had some apprehension about whether or not they'd continue. Some talk about uh, because they weren't doing it every day that it was fizzling out. Mm-hmm. But I think we're seeing that that's not true, that the people are still united behind the common goal of removing this this dictator. So um, I think the protests are going well. I think things are going well as far as democracy, if you want to call it that. But I, I just want to call it just more freedom, more liberty. Obviously, this guy is feeling the heat. And when he will finally capitulate is the ultimate question. Has there been any uh, like reduction in the violence on the part of the police or the so-called security forces, which were essentially mercenaries uh, that Mubarak hired? No, there's still, there's still occasional conflicts between the pro-Mubarak I guess forces, if you will, because they always come and enforce. They're they're usually very violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the peaceful protests uh, is generally just people standing around holding signs, chanting, and so they don't go out and instigate too much. They do have to travel from one area to another for supplies and various things like that. But there, the violence is still there. There is it's it's much less than it was as far as the total scale. But it's it's much more focused now. Now the crowds are catching some of these cops and they're putting them on trial. Their sort of own really? little little trial that they're creating. So they've created <laughs> their own arbitration system right. within these groups. They've created their own policing system. They've created their own arbitration system. They've done it in two weeks, and mm. it's going better than these dictatorships that have been in place that have been supported and propped up by the United States interests in the region for thirty years. It's incredible, real justice. It's amazing. What the market can do uh, 800-259-9231 and people all freak out a lot when we talk about getting the government out of things well what would happen to the schools well guess what people in search of profit and people willing to help others would step up within literally weeks uh, to fill the gap more coming up you can take control at 800-259-9231 this is free talk live MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live and you can take control of the airwaves just dial in toll free bring up whatever you want 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line it's 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the archives if you've missed a moment of the show they are right there on the front page of the site. You can go and uh, go to freetalklive.com. You'll see the archives there at the top, and that's the last week's worth 
of archives at the top of the page, and then you click into the archive section, and that'll take you all the way back to late 2006, all completely free at freetalklive.com. The archives, by the way, brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They've got more than 4,500 templates. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. They've got a 99.9% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support. And use that portal, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. JJ is here with us tonight updating us on the international situation continuing to develop in Egypt as uh, President Mubarak refuses to step down after weeks of protests that are not reducing in intensity, uh, demanding the vice president, demanding that people uh, go home. And they are not. In fact, they are now actually planning to, uh, I guess you just reported during the break, uh, JJ, that apparently people are showing up in front of the state TV station. It's 2.30 in the morning right, That's right. now over there. That's right. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen there. And uh, folks are possibly planning a march to the presidential palace. Now, given that people have been setting buildings, uh, government buildings on fire, I uh, wonder what will be happening uh, if people go to the presidential gotta palace. got to be a huge huge level of disappointment with those folks um you know i mean i i was disappointed when i was watching on my television in the Keene, new hampshire area and you've got nothing invested and i've got nothing these people they're out there there's a crowd of of a hundred thousand of them or whatever the number is it's an incredible amount of people and you just they they're all chanting go home go get it get go leave 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 get out of here and then he says, well, I'm just going to make sure we have a good transition, which is the same crap he's been saying all along. That's right. But watch out for those. We won't, I won't let any of these Western people control our government. I'll keep, I'll keep watch for you, people. And, you know, like these hollow promises, nobody's believing this crap anymore. He now, wouldn't if, leave for 30 years. He's going to leave in, three, in six months. All right. So moral question here uh, for you guys. Now, I'm somebody that advocates peaceful change. I don't think that violence is the solution. And I'm always I'm happy to hear that these protesters, with the exception of the occasional agent provocateur or perhaps the, you know, the nasty uh, mercenaries that have been hired by Mumbarek to stir up trouble, that the protesters have been generally peaceful. Yep. But you do also have this issue of buildings, government buildings being set ablaze. And I wonder, is that violent? I mean, it's your building, right? You paid for it, so it, there's, there's. I mean, there's symbolic. There's a lot of symbolism to that in the in the protests. It is violent to start any building on fire. I mean, that's that's obviously destruction of something. Now, at the same time, so it's violent for me to set my own house on fire. Well, I think I think violence is just. A, it's just uh, it's a destructive action or it's a negative action. I mean, it's it's meant to, to destroy something or harm something. Or... But you're destroying in this case something that is harmful, and you're destroying something that uh, that is you know an icon of evil. That's right. So at this, at, that's why I can't say I have too much of just from the symbolic standpoint. I can't say that there's too much of an issue because if this was like the control, like the uh, you know, like the uh, if they would get the CIA of the Egyptian. You know, where they tortured people and stuff like that, or the prison camps, you know, places where they did horrible things. Yes, destroy those places. Remove those from the planet because, you know, that they can't hurt people in there anymore. You know, they can't bring in and uh, torture and, and just manipulate and spread propaganda, uh, confusion, hatred, violence. 
you know i do see the positive aspect of removing that control and command function from various like they when they destroyed the police headquarters and the police have been outright the the most violent people in egypt are mm. the police or the security forces as is typical with so, government so i think that the egyptians have the the heart of the world on their side because they've been nonviolent up to this point or largely mm. nonviolent uh and but you also have to understand that at some point people are going to react. So that's like the it's the reality of the situation. People, who's people? Which people? Well, in this case, I would suspect that at some point, if Mubarak refuses to leave, mm. that the Egyptian people will rise up and they will use some level of violence. Mm. They could very, they could very well tonight march on that palace, tear it t- to pieces, mm. get him out there, and pull him limb from limb. And what do you think the world would say? I'd say. Fine. You know, he well, had was, his chance yeah, to walk yeah. away. Definitely. I see where you're coming from. I, I don't support using uh, I'm not violence saying against that. humans. I, 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 just say saying, you know, I wouldn't say that's fine. I would say I understand their anger. Uh, I wouldn't say that's fine. But, you know, making sure that everybody's out first before you set a government building on fire, I think, would be an important step. Um, and then, you know, torch the place. Torch it to the ground. That's a symbol. It's not a human life. It's, it's, I don't consider that to be the same level of uh, inappropriateness. I don't. I would love to know how you feel about that at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one because it's it's kind of a I guess a version of something that we've talked about before of the monkey wrenching question. You know, is it wrong to uh, hack into the government's computers and shut down their websites and and do things that make life difficult for you know filling their locks with epoxy? Uh, you know, making life di- difficult for the uh, the government people to even come to work. For instance, is is that wrong? Is that uh, inappropriate? In as far as the you know the the realm of tactics that can be used to uh, to change things, right? Well, I think it's also looking at it from the perspective of the the protesters are sort of in in an occupied country, and the uh, the government in this dict- dictatorial uh, authoritarian hateful regime is is has fortresses along the way that they they use for supplying and mm-hmm. for coordinating that. So so taking over the occupying. You know, forces the the security forces. I think that's that's important for them to actually win this protest. Now, obviously, driving the people out and making sure that they don't get harmed. That's that's awesome. And and what we're seeing is a lot of these these protesters are having they're setting up their own trials for these these captured police officers and security forces and just violent people. They're 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 having what real sort of justice. sentences? I wonder. Yeah, I don't I don't know the details about specific cases. But I know that this is occurring where there are some people who are getting killed. Like there, I saw there's a video of a, a guy driving a vehicle through a mob. Yeah, and, running people over. Yeah, running people over. He gets the pulled out and, and he's probably beaten to death. Well, you know what? Don't run people over with a truck. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. Seriously, instant justice in that case. I mean, we talk about uh, we talk about defense, self self defense, and yes. supporting people being able to act in the moment uh, to defend themselves. And I would say, you know, while I recoil in general as somebody who leans towards pacifism, I'm not entirely a pacifist. Recoil in general at the idea of such violence. I think that that is the appropriate time to do it. If if you're in the moment and somebody's attacking you, it's entirely appropriate to do what you need to do to stop that attack. Ideally, to put well, a stop to it. And if you know you've in this case, beating the guy to death is, is uh, you know, it's excessive. It's over that. and above. Yeah, yeah, it's over and above. But, you know, when but, you don't have a jail cell to put somebody in, what are you going to do? Take this guy, yeah. send him off to somebody's house. Hey, 
keep this guy locked up in your corner. Well, right. and crowds behave in, in certain ways. I mean, crowds have a, a different way of acting than individuals do. Definitely. And in many cases, crowds can become very barbaric and very dangerous. So, hey, if you don't want to be pulled out of your truck by a crowd and, uh, you know, pulled to pieces by them, then, like you say, don't run them yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. So that's we're also seeing, though, a lot of these captured people are, are taken and they're protected you know, from the mob and, and taken to a location where they can have a trial, where they can stand before their accusers or, or get out what whatever justice there is. Oh, man, I hope they take over the TV station. I think that would be pretty awesome. I like, think they need to. Seizing control. Because up until this point, uh, there was last, I think it was last week or maybe the week before that, we were talking about how protests were going on outside of the police station or the uh, TV stations, the state-run media. Um, and the, I guess the army had been called in there to protect them. At this point, uh, there's a protest going on right now as we're doing this show yes. out in front of the main uh, state TV station. And how awesome would it be if the if the uh, the protesters got in there, just kicked all of the uh, the state-run, I guess, lackeys out and took over the airwaves. That's pretty cool. Powerful. Yeah, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you'll find the features there are free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. We've got uh, Amazon as our partner that uh, we allow you to go through our links, or we ask you and request Hopefully that you will go through our, our affiliate links and buy your stuff through Amazon through our links at shop.freetalklive.com. Because if you do that, you're still getting the same great Amazon deals. You're getting the huge Amazon selection, the free Super Saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items, used items, dozens of categories. I mean, Amazon, they rock. Uh, you just enter through shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links there internationally, by the way. So if you're not in the United States, there are links uh, that may be there for your country. Uh, go to shop.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done through Amazon. Also, if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI, they do that. They handle it. And their principal over there, Jason Osborne, he's a big supporter of liberty. Please go over there and support them. All you have to do is go to freetalklive.com, see their banner. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. All right, 800-259-9231 as uh, we continue here. We've been talking about the Egypt situation as it continues to uh, to heat up. Mubarak refusing to step down. There's some kind of lame plan to uh, you know transfer power over to yet another uh, U.S.-approved puppet, this uh, dictator, uh, the VP dictator wannabe, I guess, uh, Suleiman, was it? That's right. Yeah, and Omar so Suleiman. a lot of people aren't too happy with that plan, and Mubarak again refusing to step down. Protests uh, now starting in front of a state-run television station. 
uh, plans are afoot, apparently, to move protests over to the presidential palace. That's right. So there's more to come here. And, of course, we'll keep you in the loop as to uh, what's going on. But, J.J., is there more that you felt that needed to be covered tonight? Um, basically, I just want to just want to read one little thing here. Uh, Mubarak, a quote from him. Uh, first quote is, as president of the state, I cannot find any embarrassment at all in listening to the youth of my country and responding to them. Mubarak continued, I cannot and will not accept to be dictated orders from the outside, no matter where, what the source is. So, in one hand, he's saying, I can listen to the state, I, can, uh, I hear their calls, but at the same time, I'm not going to be told what to do. <laughs> so, By outside sources. You see, this is what he's claiming, what his claim is, is that all of this has been whipped up by Google and the United States. Mm, right. And, you know, the fact is, the United States was basically, it appeared as though Obama and Clinton wanted him to stay in power early initially in this. Admittedly, there was one executive from Google who was certainly passionate about this issue, but I used to work for Clear Channel. I mean, are they going to claim that because I wanted something, uh, you know, that I have some kind of political aspiration that Clear Channel wants it? It's just nuts. And the the executive is actually an Egyptian uh, citizen. He does not have a citizenship. The Google guy, you mean? Yes. He married a woman who is an American, but he claims only citizenship in Egypt. Well, this is a typical thing that politicians will do, this perspective of, well, I'm listening. Some politicians will take a listening tour where they will go around, uh, you know, to community event, to community event, and they'll listen. And you can tell them what you think and you can tell them how you feel and they will listen. They only do that when their poll numbers are getting lower, when they think that, uh, you know, they could be taken out by the next guy. Right. It's usually an election kind of uh, campaigning thing. And, well, great. So your politicians are listening. Great. Now, does that mean they're going to do anything? Does that mean they're going to change their behavior? Does that mean anything's going to be different? No, it's just pandering. That's all that is. That's all the whole, I'm listening to you. And there's this politician locally who, whenever she listens to you, is constantly patronizing you by going, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Do you really feel like you're being listened to when somebody does that? No. (laughs) No. no, I feel like I'm being patronized. I, well, listening is an active process. Uh, listening is a is, process that... If if you think that your politicians are listening to, just uh, call them up on a couple of issues and tell them what you think. Yeah. Uh, so listening is an active process where you listen to the person, what they're saying. You ask questions to clarify what they're saying so you can understand where you, you speak back to them, what your interpretation of what they've said was so they can know that you've actually internalized it, that you've actually understood what has been said. And I doubt very many politicians are very good listeners. No, of course not. They're not in there to listen to people. They're there to to project their own person, their own ideas, their own lust for, for power and self-glorification. So it, it's politicians, I think most people understand what it means to be a politician. They don't listen, they lie a lot, and they are probably corrupt. I mean, these general traits form the archetype of the politician. For good reason. Yeah. And so why do people keep electing politicians? Well, that's they feel they, they need them. They, they, you know, the 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 shtick is out there that the government can't or that the marketplace can't handle issue X or issue Y. And I'm not saying that I think that, you know, whatever it is should be turned over to the marketplace immediately. But I think that the marketplace is, uh, you know, extraordinarily efficient. And with the advent of communication getting better and better, it's going to be even more efficient in taking care of really 
all the issues that are out there. We can we can discuss the finer points, but hey, I'm willing to concede uh, nine, uh, you know, ten percent of the issues if I can get ninety percent of them. Mm. I mean, all these things that the government's involved in that they're screwing up over and over again, and it doesn't matter whether you're on the left hand side of the uh, spectrum or the right hand side of the spectrum. You know what they're messing up. Right. The, the, the disconnect that I I have an issue with is that at one hand they'll have water cooler conversations, normal people. You know, everyday folk, individuals, whatnot. Uh, they'll have water cooler, water cooler conversations about how the politicians are, are corrupt and they did this bad thing and they, they abuse their power and all this stuff. But yet they'll walk into the polling booths, they'll walk to, to make out their ballot and do their civic duty, and yet they'll forget about all that stuff they talked about. You know, all that's the real world stuff. Of, oh, this guy's corrupt. He's terrible. But yeah. I think I'll just put a check next to his name. What? what wait. Why? If you just if you just they complain don't know about what him. else to do, they don't they don't know what else to do, and they're not uh, to the point where the Egyptian people are yet. You know, as you talked about at the very beginning of the hour, that the folks in Egypt had to get over a lot of issues. They had to get over their fear of yes. what might happen to them, the uh, the fear of the violence of the state being enacted directly upon them, instead of it just being this you know this threat that's kind of hanging out there in the ether. To actually see that uh, materialize and become real and become very dangerous, uh, that there's those good reasons people have those fears. Because they're legitimate, and they had to get over that. And Americans aren't even close uh, to you know to getting to that point, right? No, no, of course not. I, the Egyptians, obviously, they've had a long history of oppression, a long history of being uh, under some authoritarian regime, some dictator. I mean, going back to the pharaohs. So these people have been stewing for a long time. What what is happening now? I think they will be ultimately successful because they have. A taste of some some small victory of mm-hmm. claiming the square and driving the police out. That's and, right. They're backing off and getting concessions left and right. As as Hosni keeps making things like at first it was like, oh I'll be done in September. Now it's oh well I've transferred some power and we're going to end the emergency state and mm-hmm. we're going to pass some amendments. And so he keeps he keeps losing his grip. And the people it seems are not going to give up. They're going to continue to protest until they get exactly what they want. And I applaud them for it. Now, whatever it is that they want is a whole other question, right? Because as you pointed out, there are a number of different uh, factions. That's right. Uh, there's no leader. There's no uh, head that you can point to to say this guy's in charge. Uh, so what do, what is it that they do want? What are the different folks there want to see happen? I mean, I, I would imagine some people have a favorite uh, person that they would like to put into the halls of power. Others may be sure. like us and want nothing to do with uh, with power and, and want the power to be dis, you know disseminated or gotten rid of. And I think I think a big part of what they, they want, obviously, is the removal of, of Mubarak yeah. and, and his regime. Well, that's uh, what they that is agree the common on. goal. Yeah. But at the same time... But then what? They also have had the experience of working together, the different factions, the different groups, the different ideas, working together on this one unified goal. So I think going forward after this, instead of so much of a period of chaos and unrest and, and, and all that sort of negative aspect of the conclusion, I think we're going to see more positive. I think we're going to see people actually working together, not like Congress says they work together or some political group. I think we're going to see actual individuals who had different views getting together and hammering out some sort of compromise that that politicians just can't do. Time will tell, and we'll keep an eye on it here. 800-259-9231. We'll go to your calls, your thoughts about what you think is important. Let's talk to Sonny, listening in South Carolina on the amp lines. Hello, Sonny. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? I'm in South Dakota, actually, and oh, uh, I'm going to talk about the Zeitgeist Movement because I was pleased to hear you guys speak a bit about it on Monday. Yeah, where are you in South Dakota? 
Rapid City. Oh, great news. We uh, I haven't announced this officially yet, but we are now on uh, Saturday nights in Rapid City on uh, KOTA 1380. Awesome. Brilliant. All yeah. right. So, I've actually uh, been listening for a couple of years. I'm an anarcho voluntarius, as I like to put it. Okay. And I also happen to be a coordinator for the South Dakota chapter of the Zeitgeist Movement. Hmm, okay. So I know how odd that probably seems to a lot of people, but I did spend a lot of time looking into these ideas. All right, great. Well, I'd like you to get into detail here in a moment if you can hang on. We'll come back with uh, more with Sonny in South Dakota at 800-259-9231. We'll have to recap what Zeitgeist is all about, at least our best understanding of it, and I'm sure he'll correct us if if he believes we're wrong. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Hour two's next. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll also talk about lawless buses on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Talk live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you here, it's Ian. JJ and Mark. Uh, so as we enter into this second hour of the program, we've got somebody hanging on uh, who was with us at the very end of the last hour. Sonny is in South Dakota, and Sonny uh, is a, a member of the Zeitgeist Movement. Now also describes himself as a, I think you mentioned volunteerist. Uh, Sonny, was that correct? Yeah, that's right. I'm a voluntarist. Now can and... you can you summarize for folks what Zeitgeist is? Uh, well, the Zeitgeist Movement started... Um, based upon a film initially, and people saw this the first film and they thought, well, here's all these problems, what are we going to do about it? And there aren't very many people out there offering very alternative solutions. So uh, Peter Joseph found out about the Venus Project, which is the lifelong work of a man named Jacques Fresco, and his ideas are summed up to be known as a resource-based economy. And the whole idea is to change the economic system, of course the value system as well, that's essential whether you're talking about free market society or any other major change, but when we we change our economic system, we can find that we can actually do something never before possible, which is to eliminate scarcity. And this renders obsolete all old institutions of government and even the monetary system would become obsolete. So I don't know how long you want me to go on, but Okay, so eliminating scarcity. Can you tell me yeah, more about scarcity, that? I, I, eliminating scarcity may eliminate uh, you know production of things, but it doesn't eliminate service. What it means, it doesn't mean that every person can get a gold toilet seat. It means that there is a, a tendency in any market system, whether it's free or not, that things need to be continuously being consumed, and there's a cyclical consumption and and other things like planned obsolescence and uh, cheap products. And it's just a continuous cycle of 
produ- production and waste, which has to continue in order for the system to work. Sonny, can you if Sonny, can you explain yeah. the the resource based economy for a moment? Yeah, it means that since okay, take take for example the market economy, we we use money to exchange resources. If money wasn't relevant, or money really isn't relevant, it's the resources that are the basis for everything. And now that we have the technological ability to to automate things and eliminate the workforce, if we were to go down that direction, people wouldn't be able to work. Then they wouldn't need to, or wouldn't need to work very much. They uh, their prices wouldn't be very high. It would render the whole system obsolete, and and therefore. Uh, when you when you increase prosperity this way, you can have a peaceful society, and only through a peaceful society can you actually have a free society. So, how in the in the resource based uh, economy? I assume you're talking about exchanging, uh, you know, seven grain loaves of bread for uh, organic chicken parts or something like that. How does in in that society? How do how how do you uh, you know, if the marketplace, if there's no money for the the, the marketplace to, to to sort of use as the medium of exchange, how is it that I dis, you know, that people decide how many chicken parts I get for a loaf of uh, seven grain bread? I think I think if if I can just interject for a moment, I, from the last I watched the third Zeitgeist, did and you? From I from, from what I understand about the resource based economy is that it's more of a planned economy, whereas you find the resources. You plan out how many things you can make and how many people want them, and then you basically put that into a computer algorithm, and the computer decides what the most efficient way is to allocate those resources. That's what I understood from the movie as well, is that there would be some sort of central uh, controlling computer deciding these things. Is that is that correct, Sonny? Uh, that is, generally speaking. And I gotta so who, gets to, really who gets to program the computer? And that's what I was just about to get to, is there's an assumption that there's going to be or there would be some kind of a hierarchy or some class that's in control of everything. But when we talk about a voluntary society, we don't only mean that in order to live free, you need to allow allow other people to live free as well. It means that everybody voluntarily contributes to it, because when we use technology uh, to its highest potential, the amount of work that's necessary is very, very greatly eliminated. For example, if you think about uh, how much food could a farmer produce for how many people 100 years ago compared to today, you can see that technology allows much less work to be needed. No doubt about it. And in the film, they do talk about some very real technological advances that are very interesting and I think something we'll see used in the future regardless right. of but what happens. But efficiency doesn't eliminate a, 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 you know, a, a currency. So I'd like to go back to the issue here. of You, you kind of touched on this idea that there would be a, a separate class of people. How would that be determined? No, no, no. The other way, totally the other way, there would be no Hierarchy. So who is it, it that decides? Who, well, wait a minute. Who who sets up the computer system that controls the world's uh, resources? It doesn't matter. It's whoever whoever decides that that they want to contribute to that that field. In today's society, well, okay. So let me see if I let, well hold on. Let educated. me see if I'm following you here. So if it's anybody that wants to jump on board, the the vision of this Zeitgeist movie, the the most recent, the third one that we're discussing here was, as I understood it, that there would be some computer system that would determine where things come from and to where they go, and that there would take some sort of input by a survey from people around the world to decide uh, what you know people want. But somebody has to 
control that. Somebody has to program that initially. Somebody has to put that in place. So you're saying it could just be anybody who wants to. So therefore, a bunch of people come together and they all have different ideas as to how things should be distributed and where what should go from where and who should be making what. So how does that all get ironed out? So the idea of the the central central economy or whatever you want to call it is is not as complicated as it sounds. It's like if you if you had a business and you need to allocate how many inventory items you have, does it matter if you're an employee and some other employee is figuring that out for you when your objective is, is the same? Your no no no. You, but by objective is okay. But the objectives of the individuals involved may not be the same because they may have different ideas as to how things should be distributed. Bringing a business into it and, and the uh, the analogy you're using is completely inaccurate because the business is subject to market forces and if the business makes a mistake, whether it's the boss or the employee who's making decisions, then they'll suffer for it by customers deciding to take their business elsewhere. What you're talking about is some sort of world-controlling computer. A monopoly. And the person who controls the monopoly controls everything. I'm sorry, but but you're mistaken. It's not – nobody decides where things go. The idea is to know what there is. It's to know what what there is around the world. So you have your your resources, and we can therefore say there's enough resources that every person on the planet could have a home – could have all that they need, they need to grow their own food, have water, survive, be mm-hmm. prosperous, be peaceful, be free. So you're saying that this computer system wouldn't be deciding things, it would just be an inventory tracking uh, system? Yes, exactly. And if, uh-huh. you, if there's something that's wanted, then people will, will obviously put in their, their input. I mean, say, for example, everybody's going to want a computer. So if everybody wants a computer, and, and say, you're, say it's like a library, and there's an inventory of these items because they can be produced very easily, very efficiently, without very minimum wa- minimal waste. So this is the idea of creating an abundance. And this is unfortunately not possible. Uh, or I won't say not because I know you guys will disagree with that, but in my opinion, I don't see it as possible within a market society because this society or this economy of, of uh, markets and money that we're, that we're in now, even if it is a free one, People are competing against each other, and and there's a major difference here where you guys are supporting competition, where we think cooperation is a much better strategy. Well, uh, you have to cooperate inside of a market system in order to be more competitive. What do you mean by that, Mark? Well, I mean, if you (laughs) – so I myself can't do everything it takes in order to provide the, you know, excellent customer service that it takes to compete in the marketplace. So I need to work with other people to do so. So the marketplace does create cooperation within other folks. All right. There's more, I think, that uh, needs to be discussed about this. Uh, Lots of uh, details. And it sounds like you're pretty familiar with the uh, the ideas. So we'll bring it back here in a moment if you can stick around, Sonny. Uh, more with Sonny in South Dakota, 800-259-9231, as he describes uh, what sounds to me like a fairly utopian uh, concept that I think goes against human nature. Uh, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Maybe if you've got a question or something to add in, you're certainly welcome to do so. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com 
four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. What you want and dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. Those features include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. WIKI wiki.freetalklive.com will get you there. You can edit virtually anything you see. WIKI wiki. Freetalklive.com. So, it's been a cold winter day. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? And how about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, although there's certainly be some speeches and a debate. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a heck of a lot more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you have to reserve your berth now. The deadline's March the 1st. Uh, the rooms are as low as $535, do- double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. And uh, all you have to do is put down a couple hundred bucks. You'll reserve the room. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. All right. So 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number here. We're talking with Sonny in South Dakota about this project called the Zeitgeist uh, Project. And it is based on a series of movies that is available for free online uh, jj and i have both seen the movie that we're discussing here which is the third and most recent yep. uh, zeitgeist film it is a lengthy uh, two hour and 40 some minute film there's a lot of good ideas i definitely no agree with that uh, uh, there's a lot in there that's that's worthy of agreeing with and we talked in detail uh, i think it was last week about you know my interpretation of what was presented there and, and indeed there are a lot of things i agree with but a lot of things i vociferously uh, disagree with and, and you know including the idea that you know that that somehow central planning can work, <laughs> and that money is a terrible thing. Um, so we've actually got a supporter of the Zeitgeist Project on the line here, and he's somebody who says he's done a lot of research. Uh, now, you, are you the official South Dakota guy? Are you like heading up all of South Dakota? Is that what you told us earlier, Sonny? Uh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me okay? Because it break, breaks up on your end. Oh no, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, you sound just fine. Okay. Well. Um I'm just a coordinator for a chapter. That doesn't really mean very much other than I try to get people to get together and, and talk about things. Mm. Um, this, this, this idea of the movements and the Venus Project is, is in a stage where all we want to do is present the ideas, because the only way that this is possible is if people properly understand them and choose to implement them voluntarily. Okay, so that was one of the things that never really was touched on in the movie is that they've got all these grand ideas for cities that should be designed in a certain manner with these concentric circles and robots running everything and you know all kinds of very futuristic vision. Um, and they don't really talk about how to get from here to there. You're saying it's your understanding that they'll want everybody to, uh, to jump on board with this voluntarily? It's the only way. Well, I, certainly is the it's best not. way. I mean, like governments uh, up to this point, uh, you know, central planners up to this point have used machine guns, tanks, and nuclear weapons to get what they want. So, well, I mean, but it's, it's the best way. To do not so. the only way. <laughs> sure, but it's the way that it's most likely going to come about. If the, if this vision is possible, that's the way it's likely to come certainly. about in the way it's been envisioned. Um, but so, 
you were talking about this computer system that uh, the, is envisioned in the film that would somehow be able to know what all the resources in the world are, where they are located. It's your claim that it's not the the computer system that decides how to distribute them, but JJ and I, it was our understanding from watching it that that was what the uh, the film had presented. And but let's take it for you know we'll take you at your word and say that the computer system doesn't decide how things are distributed. Um, so how does that work then without this central control deciding who's sending what where? How how does the uh, do people decide what should go to where? I mean, if you get a bunch of chickens in one city uh, and in the other city they you know have got uh, other things that you know maybe the the the, the first city might be interested in. Uh, how does that work out? Well, the, the again the system doesn't decide anything about human behavior. It doesn't decide who gets what. It just says, all right, this is what we've got. Imagine, for example, if you were going to have an off-grid home and, and uh, say, an acre of land, and you're going to look at this piece of land, and you're going to say, how many solar panels can I put here? How much corn can I grow? I have this many resources, and you calculate out the most efficient way to do it. Just imagine doing that on a city scale, and then every city around the world will be semi-independent while all of them together are connected, so they know what each uh, what each area has for resources, but without but without money, efficiently. right? But without money as a medium of exchange, you're back to a barter system. Or are you just expecting you got people barter to- if you don't own? So I guess I, we have to ask that question first. Is if there's a piece of land and I decide I want to put solar cells on it, and Ian decides he wants to put corn on it, who gets who's right? I'm sorry, I don't really understand what you mean. I mean okay, if, so there's if a- you both guys want a piece of land and you do whatever you want with it. That's so fine. We, we have, Keep we, in mind we that own our own system, land? It doesn't mean... Yeah, in this system, it doesn't mean that you have to live in these cities and that you're going to be you know, under anybody's thumb. You can go do whatever you want. Um, but if people want to live a very prosperous, prosperous way, they have to learn to cooperate. And in the system that we have now, unfortunately, whether it's free or not, it's based upon a very old idea that there's only a scarce amount of resources and everybody needs to work as hard as they can to get as much as they can, but we're in a different state today. It's not like it was even 100 years ago, yet alone thousands of years ago when this all started. We can use our resources if we collaborate, and we can use the technology we have to increase prosperity globally. Well, uh, Once you uh, eliminate poverty and stratification, you get rid of governments, you get rid of war, and you have a peaceful and voluntary society. Okay, so um, resources are finite. I mean, that's a reality. It's not to say that they can't be grown. Certainly, there's more wealth today in the world than there was 100 years ago. And thank goodness we got there through, you know, competition and in the marketplace, people competing to provide better services for people and innovating in in the process. And I guess the question I would have is, how does innovation occur in a uh, marketplace where there is no money? Okay, you need money if one person has something that you want and uh, they have something or and you want to buy it from them, right? But what if what if people don't need to bother with ownership anymore? What if you need a camera or or something? You go to the library, for instance, or basically the basic concept. You take it, you use it, and you send it back when you're done. You know. What if you don't? Burdened with having it and collecting that is, all this, this stuff. is an idea that we idea. didn't really. This is an idea we didn't really touch on when we talked about the Zeitgeist film last uh, last week because there's a lot that are that they throw out there. But this idea of having some sort of 
uh, resource library where you can just go and rent the stuff that you need and then give it back. Well, if they don't have the camera in stock, then that's no good. And what if the camera in the library doesn't have the features that I want and that are, that are important to me in the marketplace? I can. Uh, and the point they make, by the way, on this is that well, if you buy something, usually you don't use it a lot. It just sits in your closet, and somebody else could use it in uh, in that particular case. So we should just have everything in this central storehouse, and people can just come and go and and get the things that Tragedy they want. Of the commons. But uh, they have that in the, the local college here in Keene, New Hampshire, the Keene State College. They have this little bike system where people can you know can go and get the, the community bike, and they can use it to bike around, and then they can return it to the community lot. And you know they're they're kind of crappy bikes. Um, you know what if I want a decent bike? What if I want to be the one that's responsible to make sure that I'm taking care of the bike uh, appropriately? How do I know who's done what with the bike before that? I mean, it, obviously it works to some extent. People are voluntarily deciding to do that, but I want to get the camera that's right for me. And the library may not have the features that I'm looking for on that camera. So how do you address that one? I'll tell you what, we'll come back with more here in a moment. Uh, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. A lot of questions about this system, and I'm not hearing persuasive answers. Um, You can bring up uh, what you want, though. Maybe you've got a question for Sonny. It is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. Our chat room is there on the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to get access to that for free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And it's free courtesy of Memory Dealers. That's right. Memorydealers.com. They have the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIC, ZenPaks, and X2. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers also offers customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship, the overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. Now, before we go on with this conversation with Sonny about the zeitgeist movement, resource-based economy, or as Stefan Molyneux puts it, Marxism with robots – uh, we'll get back into that, but there was one more point that uh, I guess one of our producers, Saifei, suggested that we point out. The caller is suggesting that uh, people need to cooperate rather than compete, and I think it's uh, that's a false choice. Apparently there's a term called – and I've never heard this before, but I've certainly been aware of the concept uh, – coopetition. Uh, coopetition, which is a neologism coined to describe cooperative competition. Competition occurs when companies work together, or excuse me, coopetition occurs when companies work together for parts of their business where they do not believe they have competitive advantage and where they believe they can share common costs. For instance, the arrangement 
between PSA Puget Citroen and Toyota to share components for a new city car. Simultaneously sold as the Puget 107, the Toyota Igo and the Citroen C1 qualifies as competition. In this case, companies save money on shared costs while remaining fiercely competitive in other areas. You can also look at things like industry standards as another, I think, example of competition, like the USB connectors that you have on your computers. Uh, you know, we don't have... 50 computer companies. There are a lot of different computer manufacturers and parts manufacturers out there. We don't have 50 computer companies coming up with 50 different uh, connecting devices. They've all, many, all of them almost have agreed on this standard, the universal serial bus. And uh, so that's another great example of companies coming together to set some standards I on think a cooperative basis. The the idea, you know, to remove stratification, to make everyone equal, it's, it's a wonderful idea. It's a glorious concept. Really, it is. But being better than someone else is part of being a human. That's part of human nature is to one-up someone or to to work that little bit harder so that, that you can have that little bit more or whatever it is that drives you or motivates you and your desires to simply be competitive. But here you wouldn't have to work at all in this vision for this so-called resource-based economy. Uh, the vision as presented in the Zeitgeist film is essentially that the, the work will all be done by robots. Well, what, what would you do? I mean, <laughs> That's a great day. question. Maybe uh, maybe our caller here knows. Uh, Sonny in South Carolina, you're back on Free Talk Live uh, representing the Zeitgeist Project or the Zeitgeist Movement, I believe it's called. What's the website there? Zeitgeistmovement.com? Yeah. There's zeitgeistmovement.com. Uh, my website is tzmsd.org. It's South Dakota, by the way, not North or South Carolina. Oh, did I say that again? I apologize. Um, South, South Dakota. <laughs> um, geez, you bring up a lot of points, and this is natural for this conversation. Uh, first of all, the whole robot thing, it's, it's really a joke. It makes me laugh every joke? time. It's not that everybody's going to sit around and robots are going to do anything. That's not at all the way it works. It's just that the amount of labor required in a person's life is so minimal because of automation. Automation's a real thing. It's being done all over the place. And yeah. if you go to uh, even restaurants or kiosks at your uh, airport, you know, you'll see that machines are replacing human labor. So that's the point. It's not that people sit around and do nothing. People can instead do whatever they want. And that's going to include contributing to to the system and the society because everybody is dependent on that. Well, the vision uh, that is presented in the Zeitgeist films estimates that only 3% of the humans in the given concentric circle-based cities would have to do any sort of maintenance work on the robots, that everything else would be done by robots. Is that a bad thing? Well, the question is, what will people do? Well, we just want an accurate picture uh, as to what people will do here, and also what will motivate them. If you only had to work, say, a couple of hours a week, you know, what what gets you to do it and to do it well? One of the problems with communism up to this point, and this this I'm sorry, sounds smacks entirely of that, um, is that in fact people aren't motivated to do stuff, and it the, the system falls apart. Well, the motivation would be for the good of the community, Mark. yeah, but that doesn't work. That's what I'm saying is that doesn't work up to this point. It doesn't work in today's culture. And this comes back to the human nature argument. Human nature is such a, a cop-out. It means that you don't have control over anything, anything and, and you're just the way that you are because that's the way that you are. But we're really products of our environment. If you grow up in a community where where everybody's uh, at each other's throats, you're probably going to learn that kind of behavior. If you live in a community where people cooperate, you're going to have that kind of behavior. Well, now, no, as far I, I think as there's communism a problem with goes, that. Communism has 
governments. It has monetary systems. No, it, it doesn't. Social stratification. No, it doesn't. It has. I'm sorry. It whoa, whoa, whoa. It no, it doesn't. Communism is a system without politicians, where everyone lives and rules communally. It's an and, ideal, and, and it doesn't have, and it w- really wouldn't have a, a series, uh, a system of I exchange. Think, I think the Communist Party so in talking, Russia ruled over a socialist system. You're talking about communism by the book rather than as it's been practiced right communism as it has been practiced um, it has not never been practiced properly it is it is heaven right JJ, okay. i, th- I well, think the then pro- i agree with you i have a problem with your human your context. human behavior is the point you made i think humans have always been about being better or, or better than the last generation we the idea that you always want to raise your kids to be better than you are and you want to have want them to have a better life than you this 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 entire idea of of since the beginning, I mean, people want to be stronger, they want to be faster, they want to be smarter than the average person. Well, that's person. fine, but that's different than one-upping another person, whereas if you're no, in I think a competition that's much... and you smash the other guy, you feel good about it. And that's that's what I was where I was coming from with that point. No, I don't feel, I'm not, I don't think competition is all about smashing another guy. It's about uh, raising the, the bar, raising everybody, raising up all of the boats. I mean, when I think about what's going on in my business, I don't, I'm not interested in what happens to the other people in the radio world. I don't care what happens to Michael Savage, whether he succeeds or fails, that's up to him. Uh, all I want to do is serve my customers. Yeah, I want to I... give my product out to people and have them be happy with it so they come back for more. That's it's what more like a foot is. race than a boxing match. When, I'm, when I win the foot race i don't turn around and punch the loser in the face well that's fine i mean it, this is a semantic game at this point well, like i think that's important to say though thing. you yeah. know when when i've listened to this show for all this time and then i come up with these ideas out with these ideas and i'm called a utopian it's just like when people call you guys and say you can't have a free society you can't have no government that's utopian that's crazy and then they want every single detail about how this will work and how that will work and then of course it never but comes we're to not planning we're not planning a centrally controlled society and you are you are advocating that from what from at least what that's do, what, what the zeitgeist film that? advocates when you say essentially controlled society that makes it sound so bad but what do you really mean by that when there's no group or individual who's controlling everything it's just that people uh people work together it's pretty simple in that respect no it it seems like a lot of the decision making has been removed from society that that because humans aren't capable of making efficient hands of everybody just the opposite no no it's not can be part of it not not with the the film that that we watch for you okay i mean yeah, Maybe we saw a different movie then. Yeah, I think you're talking about something that that's different than than what the idea of Zeitgeist is with that that movie that just came out. What was your interpretation of that, uh, JJ? I I thought there was a lot of good points, as I said, but the centrally planning that the idea that one algorithm can make all the right judgments and put all the things in the right places is just foolish. That one size fits all mentality never works. Centrally, centrally planning or, or having things coordinated from one location or one grand scheme or one algorithm or, in or one program, whatever you want to call it, it's not going to work. Humans are so different, so varied, and so so difficult to to put into one shoe. Right. Our vision, uh, we can come back and, and talk about the you know juxtaposition here because his I think his critique is legitimate, right? I mean, certainly yeah. we've had people say... Well, certainly. I, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can hear his frustration. I get it. Um, it must feel exactly like that when uh, people call in. But, you know, uh, w- what we're offering is not a, uh, you know, a grand plan. We're offering the lack of a plan. Right. Freedom we'll, for people. We'll come back with more at 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We are once again uh, digging into this zeitgeist phenomenon, this uh, film series that is available free to folks online. Uh, and we're going to continue that here in a moment. 800-259-9231 if you've got a question. But first. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, gradu- <clears throat> excuse me, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and in public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, training throughout the summer. And uh, graduates of these internships, and some of them have been placed in things as uh, like ABC's 2020, the Financial Times, Washington Post, Cato Institute, and many other big-name organizations, and small ones too. It's libertarianinternships.com. You can go there, sign up for more information, and to receive updates and reminders, it's libertarianinternships.com. All right, so we've got Sonny in South Dakota on the line with us here. He's an advocate of the Zeitgeist Movement, uh, which is uh, promoting something called the Venus Project, essentially a, a vision for... How wonderful things could be worldwide if everybody would just jump on board with this uh, program of building cities with concentric circles and uh, having machines run absolutely everything and have some uh, ginormous uh, system that is run by a computer that will determine where everything is uh, based on reports from various different areas and determine where everything should go based on uh, surveys that would be submitted uh, by different people. JJ, was that your understanding of the, the film? Yeah, basically that's, that's what it was. It was the, the, the input – you know the data is input into the computer, and the the algorithm is most efficient at making the decision versus a human making the decision. And so the the algorithm would would look at the facts, would would take the demand through the surveys, and would make the most, I guess, reasonable and rational decision that it can make, and allocate those resources to whatever project is needed in order to get them into the hands of the demanding people. Of course, it begs the question of who programs the program and who decides, you know, what is important and what is not, and who decides what that algorithm is and what things go where and based on what factors and variables. Sure, and- I mean we can include that that whole idea that someone could certainly corrupt it uh, with with their own interests or their own wants. Uh, but be, besides the mistakes, or, or yes, <laughs> but I mean putting that all aside, assuming that this is the perfect algorithm and it's it's. It just seems incredibly complicated for one to get all of these different locations and all of these different cultures to accept one common culture mm-hmm. and one common goal or idea. Uh, furthermore, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult with just people not wanting to change what they they like what they have. They yeah. they are they are satisfied to live in the in the the situation that they're in. You're absolutely right. It's a huge uh, project that this guy is talking about uh, endeavoring to accomplish. And and that's one of the big points that's that's different here. He has a legitimate critique saying that, well, you guys get accused of being utopian and people want to know the details about how the voluntary society would work. And that I understand what I understand where he's coming from. But we aren't advocating a worldwide system that has a very specific vision. Right. We're advocating the lack of a system. Our system's simple. You don't stick any guns in people's faces and tell them what to do. 
That's or, or even simpler than suggest. that. It's based on the individual. You know, the the system of voluntarism and and the lack of governmental control. It's it starts with the individual, with individual liberty. Instead of of looking at it as group liberty or group mentality and, and classifying people into to large lots, I think so. That's that's the key difference. That that our idea of liberty is simply starting with the individual, with the choices they make, with the the path they put themselves on. We don't require the rest of the world to no. accept the idea either. Uh, our ideas, the idea of the absence of coercion, right. can work in a small area. And that's one of the reasons why the Free State Project exists, is to bring liberty-minded people, individuals, to the same area to advance the ideas of individual freedom and and try this out. We don't require Japan or whoever else, whatever other areas of the world, to jump on board with these ideas. It's our intention to show the world that this can work, that the absence of coercion can work, and then they'll want to jump on board naturally because they'll see the uh, you know the success. Uh, and the that, benefits, yes. and, right, and the, the you know the the increased wealth creation that uh, that would come from out of that, and the lack of of coercion. Then, if if that spreads, presumably, hopefully, it will. If that spreads around the world, then that will raise the all of the boats. It will raise the tide. It will raise the standard of living around the world, even in the poorer parts of the world. But to get everybody to uh, you know agree to this one system and this one idea being controlled by you know this computer system and 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 this particular vision is far more utopian. And it's a very difficult thing to implement. And we've still got Sonny with us here in South Dakota. Uh, Sonny, hearing all that, uh, anything else you want to share? Oh, of course. I love the way you guys are phrasing all that. You know, it's it's the way people naturally react when they hear something that's radical. And it's exactly what people will do when they hear your You ideas. do, point of information, you do want to have the whole world on this system, right? Yeah, but th- that's an ultimate <laughs> goal. But the reason is a resource-based economy couldn't work. Say, say you had North America, and all of North America agrees to this, but Africa and Asia and South America are all doing a different society. They come over and they take everything. They could, they'll have war on you because when resources – that's what wars are really based upon is getting stuff from other people. Well, sure. and they're, they're based on the politicians that, uh, that have used violence to get stuff from us in the first place to buy military when parts. Other countries spend all their resources with their vast amounts of consumption, like most of the world is doing today, that is an, an inevitability. People have to re- recognize that there's a finite planet here, and then and the course that we're taking right now is limiting uh, what we're going to have in the future. So, so we should... Uh, uh, you, just said, you just said that uh, that our ideas of competition were based in lack and, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, the, uh, the paradigm that things are limited, but you're just talking about how we're going to destroy the world because uh, we're using resources too quickly. Is, is, am I misinterpreting? Most of the stuff today ends up in landfills and it's just totally wasted. Because people don't need it anymore. It could be done. Where, where are you going to get more? You continue to mine until until it's too expensive to or too inefficient to get it more, and then you go off to another country and you try to take it from them. That's that's the course of uh, of the system that we're well, in. Well, no, I think you're describing what politicians do, and for the most part, uh, politicians aren't going around the world trying to take computer parts from people. They have certain politically connected uh, business interests that may be you know, interested in securing oil fields and things like that, and that's clearly wrong, but that's based on the ideas of coercion and accepting governments as, uh, as legitimate. Otherwise, those oil companies would have to trade in the marketplace just like everybody else, and as uh, resources become more scarce, their price goes 
up and therefore uh, people are then incentivized to look for different resources or look for new ways to utilize uh, or more efficient ways to utilize existing resources uh, over time. I think also the behavior aspect of people not living their lives the way they should be living their lives, I think that I take issue with that as well. Uh, I don't know how someone in another country should live their life. I don't know how they should consume their resources. I don't know any of that stuff, and it isn't for me to decide. Even with my algorithm, that's perfect. Maybe that lifestyle dictates that you need to have a little bit more of this than that, or personal interests, uh, personal tastes. Uh, maybe I like. I'm from Wisconsin, dude. I don't like cheese. Okay, and and so that's a big issue when I go out with friends in Wisconsin. They cheese is everything. You want to share some of this this sandwich or this or that. I'm sorry, I don't. You know, I don't like cheese. But why can't you just be more cooperative, JJ? You know, I know. Understand it's produced here and it's very efficient to produce it here in Wisconsin, where I was from, uh, because all the cows are here in the dairy farms. I, I understand that, but I don't want to eat that cheese. It just doesn't suit my palate. I'm sorry. I'm, and so, I don't see how that's relevant. No, that, that is yeah, relevant. I know we're almost out of time, and thanks for having me on for so long. I well, you've already, I'd just like to point out that quick. you've already failed. I mean, if you need to con, uh, convert the entirety of the world to this system, you're going to have a very difficult time. And that's why it's a utopian system. Because well, I'm open to, uh, you know, I, I'm open to hearing the things that, that Sonny says at this point, but I can tell you that I'm still, I remain skeptical. If, if what you're trying to say is that. Um, he's well, you're had, the one who hasn't seen the movie here, right, Mark? You're that's the, just the, true. Of the three hosts on the show, you have not seen it. I have no. not. I've, uh, I've, I've seen enough, personally. The, is, the whole movement doesn't revolve around the films, first Well, of all. you could have and fooled me. time to understand. <laughs> then you no, can't call it the Zeitgeist they're Movement. They're a major part of it. You can't but call it the Zeitgeist the, the Movement. The film was a personal expression of a single artist, which just spawned into something else. It turned into an advocacy movement for, for the Venus Project and those ideas. And it is hard to understand. It took me many months of paying attention before I realized that what they're advocating is to increase the prosperity and peace of the world and to have a completely voluntary society with no government. Well, I think that's great. If you guys, you know, if you want to set up something on a voluntary basis, I think that you absolutely should. And go ahead and set up your, you know, get together with the Zeitgeist folks and build the concentric city and, you know, and and get out there and and do it. But good luck converting the whole world to one particular belief system. I mean, it's it's the contrast out there that is, is one of the beautiful parts about this world is that people believe things that are different and they have different understandings and they want different things. And I think for the call and maybe we'll hear from you again sometime it's been a good hour though 800-259-9231 we've got one more remaining plenty of time for your thoughts maybe you want to reflect on the zeitgeist thing maybe you've seen the film maybe uh, we haven't touched on something that you think is really important 800-259-9231 or maybe you want to bring up anything you want you can do that too this is free talk live with so much economic confusion who can you trust for straight talk For years, author and investor Peter Schiff has been in the front of the pack, pointing out the insanity while offering real investment solutions. Now, all of Peter's videos, articles, and TV appearances are compiled into a free email. The EP Weekly Digest, which contains the fresh insights by Peter and other Europac voices, like the hard-charging Mike Pinto. To subscribe, please go to epweeklydigest.com, epweeklydigest.com. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us. 
on our website at freetalklive.com. So we launch here into the third hour of the program tonight. It's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Once again, 800-259-9231. Coming up, your chance to win a two-pack of the Toda Sack. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. But right to the phones and to the fun. Coming up, also, if we get a chance, we'll tell you about the lawless buses that are under attack by the government people. Uh, but first, we go to Jacob calling from New Hampshire on the amp lines. Hello, Jacob. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I was calling to talk about um, healthcare freedom at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Um, I'm going to be volunteering at uh, at Porkfest with a, a free aid that's FR33, uh, you know, along with uh, free agents of the same name. Um, and we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be running a, a first aid uh, kind of area of wellness tent, um, you know, so if anyone, you know, is, is hurt and everything, anything, anything like that, we have a uh, uh, medically skilled uh, liberty lovers that are going to be coming. Uh, myself as a couple other EMTs coming Thanks. as well, a paramedic, and I think there'll even be a doctor there as well. Um, uh, you know, to provide first aid, we have uh, we're going to be have an AED on scene, so that's a automatic a external defibrillator. Oh, okay. That's a uh, yep. So it's a uh, you know, if someone goes into cardiac arrest, they can uh, you know, it's a device to use to, to shock them. To, Clear. To bring them out of cardiac arrest. Yeah, yep, one of those. Exactly. Um, and we're also looking at running some uh, CPR classes. Um, I'm going to be in, in charge of that. I'm not sure the exact logistics. Uh, my goal is to keep it free, uh, free of charge. And um, I'm not sure about, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to offer the uh, the actual uh, American Heart Association certification. I'll try to make it so we can, but I'm not sure we'll be able to do that. But I'll still be offering them either way. And uh, we're also going to be doing, um, you know, kind of like a uh, keep it going past pork fest is kind of like a... Uh, medical, you know, freedom, you know, because that's one of the worst, you know, I work in medicine, so it's like one of the worst areas you can work that, you know, you're not working directly from the government, but you, you deal with the government every single day mm. as far as, you know, all the regulations and red tape and all right. that kind of stuff you have to deal with. Hey, Jake, where, uh, where are you going to have this, this free uh, free aid at in the Porkfest grounds? Um, I believe, I'm not exactly sure, I believe they have a site in Agora Valley, I, believe, I think it's called this year. Um, they'll have a tent there, and then it'll also be, um, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a rotate. I'm not sure of the exact details yet, but kind of like an on-call schedule. So, like, if it's in the middle of the night and, you know, we need one of us to come out and, and help, you know, we'll have a phone number list and stuff mm-hmm. like that ready to go. From what I'm seeing, the uh, free day tent in Agora Valley is site number two. Where can people go to get a look at the map? Is it porkfest.com? Is the map up there right now? Uh, they're yeah. still working on putting the map uh, together. I okay. think there's, yeah, they're still working on the map, but... Well, the site uh, information is meaningless to uh, most of our radio listeners, so let's move past that and uh, talk about a little bit more about Porkfest. Uh, Porkfest.com is a place to go to get registered, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com, and there's going to be lots of different things going on. It's interesting to see how Porkfest has developed over the years, uh, having attended four or five of them myself. Uh, this certainly has not happened before, having a, a medical tent, basically, which I think is an interesting idea, and you've got hundreds of people in a given campground here in, in this in this event, uh, it's a bunch of liberty-loving people that are, are coming together to enjoy each other's company and to socialize and uh, engage in various different activities with uh, with one another throughout the week, uh, throughout a full week of, uh, of fun up in northern New Hampshire. Um, and so, it's you know, there have been all kinds of in, uh, things going on. I know, JJ, you're putting together the music lineup That's right. for the event. Uh, there are obviously going to be all kinds of uh, occasions to, uh, you know, to enjoy uh, partying and other things. Kids will have things to do as well, family activities. A lot of great speakers, uh, some debates, and, of course, the, the partying and, and the after-hours activities. But there's a lot of information that's going to go around. As Jake has said, uh, medical freedom is definitely an area that's 
that people need information on and uh, getting answers to questions from doctors who won't shy away from from certain various remedies or sometimes holistic means. I, I don't know exactly what they're going to cover, but not everything needs to have a certain prescription drug and a certain surgery. They get this thing taken care of. Exactly, and it's a lot about you know it's it's just, you know kind of stripping the the government red tape out of the whole process because that's what you know I work in medicine and that's what you know bogs me down a lot and I know that's where a ton of the costs come from and everything like that. Yeah, it'll be They're nice to be able to. Uh, well, I know you say you're trying to do it for free, but it it'll be nice to be able to like give some silver to a doctor or something like that instead of actually having to pay with yeah, exactly. Federal Reserve notes. Well, just just as far as um you know our services at, at Porkfest, we're going to try to keep those free. I know you know the the wellness tent that's going to be free, and I'm aiming to keep the uh, the CPR classes free. Um, but that all depends on you know how I can you know secure you know training materials and that kind of stuff. So. Neat. Well, is this your first year at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, or have you been there? Uh, yeah, this will be my first year. First year going to the to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I was I, I missed last year because of work and other commitments I had, but this will be my first one. So I'm really excited because you know, from from all I've heard, it sounds like it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be bigger than all, all previous years. So great. Well, I look Definitely. forward to look forward to seeing you there, and thanks for the call and the heads up on that tonight, yeah. Jacob. And uh, enjoy uh, your time at Porkfest. We're going to be there broadcasting live. Porkfest.com. Uh, that's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. You can use the Free Talk Live coupon code, which is all one word. It's uh, our uh, title run together as Free Talk Live. Use that uh, to get 20% off of the early bird registration. And you're going to want to get registered soon. You know? Now. Yeah, you're going to want to get... Uh, <laughs> You're going to want to get the campsite locked down because it's starting to fill up from what I understand. I mean, people have – I had my campsite last year. I, I reserved my campsite the day I left Porkfest last year to ensure that I could get it again. And so, you know, get on there and, and get registered as soon as possible. They sold out of campsites last year. It got to the point mm. that there was just RV sites. Uh, and, and, you know, you're out in the hinterland at that point. Out in the sun, too. The RV sites don't have any sh- uh, trees to shade them. So yeah. that's another issue there. Uh, so, uh, porkfest.com, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And that's kind of neat. It's neat how, again, how things are developing, people coming together to provide new services to the Porcupine seeing, Freedom Festival. Seeing holes in the marketplace that they can fill with their mm-hmm. service or their skill set. I think that's definitely what this is all about, especially the Agora Valley experience. Well, I um, think it'll also be interesting to have people who are from the medical field yes. who understand the ideas of liberty coming to the same place. Because as Jacob points out, they are under constant attack from the government. There's always this huge paperwork burden and regulate, uh, regulatory burden that is, a, is attached to the medical field. Obviously, you've got things like the nationalized health care plans that are moving right. forward to some extent. And, and a lot of people that understand liberty are very concerned with that because they know what it's going to do to medicine. In, in the United States. It's already in dismal shape because it is a mostly socialized system today. But having medical people come together to New Hampshire, I mean, presumably these people that are coming to the Pork Fest are going to are planning to move to New Hampshire at some point as part of the Free State Project, which is where thousands of liberty minded people will all come to the same place. But I think it'll be much more persuasive to have doctor after doctor after EMT after EMT maybe coming to you know testify at the state house or something like that about how New Hampshire should secede or nullify the federal government and you know get out so we can continue having a healthy state i mean right now new hampshire is i believe is it the healthiest state in the, the country, or the, or is that just New England? I don't recall. I can't remember, but it was, uh, it was some superlative. Yeah, it, was, it does very well, yes. and uh, you know, the more government gets involved, the worse that's going to be. So having those people here to kind of lobby and, and work toward more medical freedom, I think, will be really powerful. Yeah, I think it'll save lives. Yeah, absolutely it will. Because you know, the government can't save lives. All they're good at is taking lives away. 
1-800-259-9231. Matt is in Illinois. You're on the amp lines. Hello there. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, first off, a quick comment um, about the Zeitgeist thing. They need to think of a different name besides resource-based economy because are all economies resource-based? I Hello? don't know, but certainly all economies no. have resources. I mean, what are you doing in an economy except exchanging resources? I guess that's true. It's I mean, a good. It's a good point. Sure. And um, well, today I, I had an experience. I, I I've been sick. I've been sick the last couple of days. I don't usually get sick, but it happens every so often. Mm-hmm. And my nose was, was very very stuffy. And I've tried uh, stuffy nose medicines. And nothing's worked, but there there was this stuff out uh, a long time ago called Contact. I don't don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it had yeah. little tiny pills inside of it, and you took one every twelve hours. And I remember that stuff used to work great. So I go to the drugstore and I'm looking for this stuff. I can't find it anywhere. So I go to the pharmacist and I ask them. I'll tell you what. Hang on, said, we'll let you finish the story here in a moment. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. What happened to this remedy that uh, that used to work? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the show, and that's why we call it Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Live, you dial in toll free, take control of the airwaves, and bring up anything you want. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1 800 259 9231. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ and Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female Listeners is there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see it. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking a case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is the case for you. It will show you how to move the court, how to get evidence, um, all the things that you need to do to in order to win your case. Jurisdictionary.com will teach you. It is. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. It's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. Works in every state in the union and many countries around the world. England, India, Australia, Canada. It's jurisdictionary.com. And uh, I've, I've used the course. As a matter of fact, I'm using it right now. I've got a ticket I've got to fight by sometime in March. And, well, I'm using Jurisdictionary. You should too. Jurisdictionary.com. All right. 800-259-9231. Let's talk. Continue to talk to Matt in Illinois who had begin telling, uh, begun telling us a story uh, you've got a cold, Matt, and can definitely tell uh, that you do. You're looking for remedies, and you had one in the past that you felt lo- worked really well to relieve your stuffy nose. What was it called again? It's, it was called Contact. Contact. It, it used to have commercials. It had sounded little, like you said carjack. <laughs> anyway. It had little tiny uh, balls, like sugar balls in it, <laughs> and uh, it, would, it would work. You'd take one every 12 hours. So you're not snorting so it. I, you're... <laughs> You're uh, you're taking you're taking it orally. Yes, gotcha. yes. And um, 
So you went looking uh, for it, and they didn't have it on the shelf? Right. They didn't have it on the shelf, so I went and I asked the, the pharmacist about it. And, you know, and I was thinking, well, maybe they, maybe it's behind the counter because of the drug war, what they've done with the, uh, with yeah. the other stuff that, that they make uh, methamphetamine. Yep. Uh, so I went and asked, and, and she told me they don't make the ingredient for it anymore. I can't even get anything comparable to it. And I asked her why not, and she said because people were having problems with their heart. And she said it, it was also in diet medications. It's ephedra? I, I, I don't know what it's, maybe. Okay. But um, when, I, when I said that, I said, well, wait a minute. This was the only stuff that worked. None of this other stuff is working for me. How come I can't get it? She goes, well, the FDA doesn't want you to take it. I'm like, yeah, I'm an adult. I should be able to make up my own mind. Mm. But the thought occurred to me that if it's in the diet, and I, I think I remember back when they, they had these problems with the diet medications, if somebody's taking this stuff for a di- these diets, they're taking it every day, a lot of it. Yeah. I get a cold maybe once a year, once every two years. I don't think it's going to destroy my heart. If I take it for the week that I have the cold, to keep well, my you nose don't get clear. to decide for yourself, Matt. The, your betters have determined for you. I, I Matt, I, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned here. I think the lady may have told you something that's not true. It looks like contact's still available. I um, mean, it's from GlaxoSmithKline. Uh, you can uh, go to www.essentialsforlivingwell.com and uh, contact, contact is in that uh, list. Uh, and I, I got. I actually found that okay. contact. It's different. Okay, really. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. It's huh. uh, it, it, there, there's still a contact brand name that has a cold medicine, but it's not the little tiny gotcha. uh, time pills that they have that you take it once every twelve hours. It's a it's a completely different medication. Gotcha. Bummer, man. Sorry to hear about yeah. that. Hey, it's just the government trying to keep you safe, man. What's your problem? You just think uh, you're capable. You're just a big baby. You don't know how to handle yourself. <laughs> Only the government I, I knows. So. I guess so. It's for your own but, good. I, I, I was, you know, I, I'm, telling, I'm trying to, and the, 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 the pharmacist is just like shaking her head. Oh, I yeah, mean, she gets it. She should right? do about it, but right. God, I got a fed somewhere. Ah, oh, that sucks. Good luck out there, man, and thanks yeah. for the story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 9231. Let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Ah, good evening. Good evening, Frank. It's cold as can be down here in New York City. Blistering cold. But I just wanted to say something that really warmed the cockles of my heart this week. What's that? And that's the fact that the Center for Constitutional Rights and Preserving the Constitution uh, served served the uh, indictment on the Swiss government uh, so George W. Bush couldn't come and collect a big fat paycheck for speaking uh, in Switzerland next month. And I think it's great. Uh, They had a 2,500-word indictment for war crimes and crimes against humanity in Afghanistan and Iraq, and also violating the four uh, Geneva Conventions that the U.S. is uh, a signatory to, and uh, the fact that G.W. had to cancel his trip. And uh, I think it's great. If only Code Pink could have uh, 
gone down with some handcuffs to serve on the former president, I think that would be great. Now, isn't that, the Swiss government uh, si- uh, you know, uh, Interpol, uh, a member of Interpol? No, no. What happened is this. Uh, Switzerland and most of the countries in the world are signatories to the uh, International Criminal Court. Okay. And the U.S. actually signed on in 96 in Rome with Bill Clinton, but a month and a half before the United States you had a four- or five-year waiting period. Uh, a month before the U.S. was uh, supposed to follow through, Bush canceled it. Hmm. And what's interesting is it doesn't matter if the U.S. signed it or not. The point is he violated uh, the laws, the, the treaties, and his legal uh, defense, and the fact that the idiot, or the, I should say the former President Bush, in his memoirs talks about the fact that he authorized torture knowingly in waterboarding. So, I mean, it's like the perfect idiot uh, criminal. So, uh, you does know, this mean the, he the can't travel? The attorney would have. The guy admits what he did, and now he's culpable to it, and also the United States is culpable for not enforcing the Geneva Conventions. And it also goes to show how weak Barack Obama is, because if he had any guts, he would have uh, demanded that Bush be extradited to the Hague to stand trial. You know, for war crimes. And, you know, Obama knows international law and constitutional Well, you don't law. get to be the president of the United States by having guts. It's an inherently cowardly thing. The point is thing. this, my friend. I just feel very good yeah. about it. And it's something that I was hoping for. You know, I've called the show and talked about it several times over the last uh, five years. And I'm so happy now that, uh, you know, a message is being sent to these uh, criminal uh, dictator American presidents uh, that they cannot violate American law nor international law. And if they do, there are going to be stiff penalties. Well, and I hope that... Uh, well, it's not as stiff I mean, as I'm it could be. Too, but... I know Paraguay is also a signatory to those conventions, which means that if Bush attempts to go down to his daddy's uh, one million acre spread in Paraguay, uh, the Paraguayan government and the citizens can arrest Bush and extradite him to the Hague. Well, what about, what about countries that what about countries that aren't signatories besides the United States? It would be well, difficult. Remember, the U.S. Is, uh, I'll hold on the line. You're no, we don't have time for it, unfortunately. But uh, thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine. 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, and uh, this is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Time for your thoughts coming up. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Take control of these airwaves, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 
9231. Joining you tonight, Ian here. JJ and Mark. We invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there. News updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com to get on the various different delivery methods that we have for you. There's email, there's Twitter, Facebook. You can get signed up for free over at news.freetalklive.com as we go to the phones. Your calls, your thoughts. John, listening to WGMD-FM in Delaware. Hello, John. Hi, how are you, Ian? Hey, just great. What's on your mind tonight? Good. I was going to call you guys about this, what our country is doing with China, about the ghost cities that was on Fox News, and I went and Googled it. And sure enough, they are building cities over there, Ian, that not one person is occupying. Yeah, we talked about one of them uh, several weeks ago called Ordos, uh, the Neo-Ordos. Seems like months ago. Yeah, well, you're right. Probably a few months ago, but yeah, it's uh, shocking. And I've seen that. You look at the pictures from this place; uh, it is just absolutely amazing. And they, as you're pointing out, there are more than one of these. Uh, where and, and JJ, you're looking quizzically at me. Um, yeah, I haven't heard anything about this. Go, go hit up Google and look for Ordos China and look for pictures of it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, what were your impressions when you first saw this? Uh, looks like our government or some of our Bernie Madoff businessmen—that's what I call them—have gotten over to China are taking maybe our money from our hedge funds and our funds of funds and maybe money from our United States government and built these cities, uh, just like they're building developments all around this country. What makes and you believe that the, the, the U.S. government uh, or U.S. contractors are involved? Because I do not believe China had this problem until they became friends with us. It's just kind of unique now that well, you, you Well, hold on a second. You're, you're talking in these kind of collectivist terms that maybe you don't intend to use. They okay. became friends with us. Do you mean by that to say the Chinese government becoming more yeah. friendly with the, the U.S. government? Not government, yes, sir. That's phrase better. Well, I don't know how friendly uh, you know they they actually are, but really, it's my understanding from when we discussed this before. And Mark, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but it's my understanding that China is having you know an economic boom. Uh, they you know they have lessened over the the last few decades their uh, economic controls over people and their ability to do business in China. Their as, economy was expanding at eight percent, I think, is what the article said. As a result of that, there is all of this uh, money that is now available to investors and and folks like that over there, and governments all. Also, are, are you know rolling in dough in comparison to how they used to be, and unfortunately, what they've done as a result of that is they have malinvested. Uh, the governments basically have said, you know, this grand vision for what they want to be possible. They've uh, decided to build their own cities from scratch, and in the hopes that people will uh, will move there and populate them. And and as has actually happened, is that's not occurred. Uh, what has happened is the government people have moved to their brand new cities and are essentially living there alone with a very <laughs> bare minimum skeleton crew of uh, a handful of businesses that cater to the government employees that are working in these cities. It's just a very bizarre story of uh, you know government gone amok. But I, I didn't see any news about how you know the United States was uh, involved in any way. It was on Fox News. There was a gentleman on there talking how our government is intermingling you know with the stock markets and investing over there. I was just taking well, I take anything Fox. Yeah, Fox News is known to lie blatantly. I mean, well, it's I, a, I need another an source besides. Opinion. Yeah, I, I need another source besides Fox. If right, I was that's what I was just calling to give you the information I got from, in general words, from Fox. And I know you guys 
are more educated than I am on it. That's why I got your opinion. Well, you know, I, I think I think that it's it's true. The government loves itself a boondoggle, and this may very well, you know, I, I, the, the United States government really may hate the idea that the, the that China is getting into its own boondoggle, and the United States isn't involved. I I wouldn't doubt for a second that this is the case, but uh, you know, up to this point, we don't know. I, I wanted your side of believing, not Fox's. I don't believe that. I wanted the free talk version of. There you go. You got that, it, man. Anything else on your mind tonight? Response. No, sir. Uh, first time caller. I love your show. And keep up the good work. Hey, do me a favor. Call uh, Dan, uh, the uh, program director over there, and let him know that uh, you appreciate Free Talk Live because we're on this week on a test basis, and I believe he's making his final decision uh, tomorrow as to what show will end up being his nighttime show there on WGMD. I sure will. All right, I appreciate you doing that, and thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Don't hesitate to give us another call some other time at 800-259-9231. Yeah, go and look up. It's also uh, known as Kangbashi, K-A-N-G-B-A-S-H-I. Ordos, O-R-D-O-S is another name for it, uh, but it's just, the, the pictures of this are just stunning. Just, it's incredibly when beautiful. When are they from, the pictures? Or, uh, when? Yes. Uh, presumably within the past year. Okay. Uh, but the, the photos are just, you know, there's incredibly beautiful neighborhoods and, and cityscapes and, you know, just wonderfully well-designed and crafted, just amazing construction. Sure, beautiful new construction. Uh, all kinds of money has been poured into this, and no one is there it literally it's it's like looking at uh, a beautiful version of north korea where no one's on the roads i mean north korea is a total s-hole where there's nobody there because well they're not allowed to be there they're living all in you know just dismal conditions uh, else uh, elsewhere but in place like uh, pyongyang i believe uh, you've got cities that just have there's it's it's their major cities you know place with electricity and uh, you've just got empty roads because it's only the military that's driving down those roads in north korea here the roads are empty sim- simply because nobody's moving into these places they could there's no reason why they well, isn't it a cost issue? I mean, um, I would think that they're, they're... Well, the middle class is expanding in It's expanding, uh, but... And people are actually lo- buying. Remember, the, the one point about this is people are actually continuing to buy the condos and things like that are being built. So there, there's private money behind this. It's not like, you know, the government's the only, uh, the only organization behind this. There are people purchasing these houses and purchasing these uh, condos on the speculation that they'll be worth something Well, that's someday. what happened in the United States in uh, the late 90s and the early aughts when uh, people were doing just the same thing. In Sarasota, Florida, people would buy anything at any price because they knew that, well, in three months it'll be worth a, you know, a good deal more and I'll be able to sell it at a profit. Right. And people and are doing that here. With right. the bubble. And people are doing that here expecting that all of a sudden there's going to be some sort of breaking point where people start flowing into these cities. And it just – it hasn't happened. It's my understanding Ordos has been around for you know about half a decade at this point. And they continue to construct. Yeah, these are amazing pictures. It's, it's just literally the ghost town. And it's something about the, the property bubble, sort of um, people needing to spend that money, buy that property – and uh, hopefully it will retain its value better than whatever other assets they have their money in, whether it be dollars or the yen or whatever. Yuan is what they're called. Yuan, yeah, okay. Something like that. The, or the rahimbi. Oh, the yen. It's not the yen. The yen is the Japanese. Oh, oh really? Japanese. Okay. Oh, God. Stupid Americans. <laughs> uh, just, you know, I, I know we already shared this, but just because it was brought up here, uh, for years, regional governments across China have been building massive real estate projects. It's from time.com that have attracted both private. What's the article? 
What was uh, the date of the is, article? Uh, it is Monday, April 5th, 2010. 2010. Have been building massive real estate projects but attracted both private and corporate buyers as prices have continued to rise. Residential values in 70 large and medium-sized cities across China soared in 2009, according to real estate consultancy uh, Colliers International. More investors have become speculators buying brand new properties with the sole intention of flipping them. But since a huge real estate bust in the U.S. in 2008 was the catalyst for the still-lingering global recession, many analysts feel that a replay in China could prove disastrous. Indeed, evidence of property oversupply is everywhere. In Beijing, vast swaths of commercial space sit vacant, including floors of retail space right next to the iconic water cube, the 2008 swimming venue. Uh, and according to the story here, the property meltdown in China would impale the, imperil the whole world's fledgling economic recovery. Throughout most of the severe global downturn in decades, the China's economic growth has remained remarkably buoyant. And this year, for example, China's GDP will likely rise 9% or more. But as as was pointed out in the Zeitgeist film, and one of the things they got right uh, in a film in which there's incredibly things, they, a lot of things they got wrong. But one of the things they got right was that GDP is an effed up estimate. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can talk a little more about that here in a moment. 800-259-9231. The Toda Sack. Bring the groceries back in from the car and do it quick and easy. Totasack.us. You can go there to learn more about it. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.us. However, if you are the caller, uh, if you call in now at 603-435-1105, you'll win a two-pack of the Totasack to try it out for yourself. That's 603-435-1105. It's our contest line. You call in now, you win a Totasack. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for your thoughts, your calls about what you want. That's the point of the show. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. You can do that for as little as three bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into Free Talk Live. Get on to more radio stations around the country. Bring more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So you can go to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum, and more. You can get the details, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to do that. And we're talking about the overconstruction and malinvestment uh, that's going on in China. And Ordos is a perfect example of this. We discussed it uh, a few months ago, and uh, it was just brought up again by a gentleman, uh, John, in, in Delaware, who had just become aware of it. Uh, JJ, was the first time you'd heard about it. You went, that's right. You went to look at the uh, the photos of this place, and it's just it's just eerie. A lot of weird things out of China. With their, their, their uh, real estate bubble, they're uh, making things. Um, and then I also have this report about fake rice. 
Oh, uh, that's so weird. Let's talk about that in a moment here. But the GDP was mentioned yes. in this article from Time Magazine about how China's got this uh, 9% increase in their GDP. And I guess it was their estimate for last year. And it was the Zeitgeist movie that actually pointed out correctly and got a whole lot of things wrong. But one of the things that got right uh, was that GDP is a messed up statistic. And there are a few few different reasons for it, but well, a the major- consumer price index, on which <laughs> to some extent, uh, you know, all these government numbers, they're messed up. Well, the idea was that the more government spends and the more you know these these politically connected industries are spending, uh, the more the GDP goes up. So if they're building a bunch of cities in China, there's a lot of economic activity there. It's not meaningful because nothing's actually coming from it, but it'll increase the GDP. Right, definitely. It'll definitely help the numbers. And it just goes back to thinking it like when you work for a corporation and you always hear about how they have to make the numbers jive so that they, when they, they fill out this report, this profit and you know, earnings report, that everything looks good for the investors. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just GDP is, is that global, that, that large state-sponsored number that they just make up with whatever parameters they want to include or exclude and just to, to, to boost their own egos. So tell me about this rice, JJ. Yeah, basically, uh, there's this this report that uh, China's history, you know, with food safety is a rocky one, but they're making rice, and the rice is made by mixing potatoes, sweet potatoes, and plastic. <laughs> the potatoes are first formed into the shape of rice grains. Industrial synthetic resins are then added to the mix. The rice reported reportedly stays hard even after being cooked, and this rice is actually being sold. In the Chinese in Chinese provinces, what what is the source on this uh, article? This is according to an online publication from Ver, uh, Very Vietnam. Uh, apparently, China mm-hmm. tried to sell this rice to the Vietnamese, who you know have their own rice patties, as as we've seen from our uh, you know our historical films, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> about the, the Vietnam War. Shooting them in them, right? Right. Of course, there's always the the water uh, bullet hitting the water, you know that sort of thing. But anyway, um, the the uh, a Chinese Restaurant Association official said that eating three bowls of this fake rice would be like eating one plastic bag. <laughs> what? Mm, and all the nutritional value. So Vietnam, the, the Vietnamese, central planning its best people. Yeah, the Vietnamese were like, "We're not going to eat this rice. This is disgusting. We make our own rice, and it might not be the highest quality rice in the world, but it's healthy and it's real rice. It's not made of potatoes." Uh, <laughs> people who were eating the rice found that it was odd because. The rice didn't soften up like it usually does after cooking. It was still hard and crunchy. Mm. So it's the plastic. My you know, goodness. China's had such an issue with their 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 food products and lead covered toys and now fake rice that they knowingly are making out of plastic. That is scary stuff. It is. Who who is who is doing that? <laughs> well, what kind of person would do something like that? I don't know. You know, it, it might be a good idea for dealing with waste. You know, you just have people run it through their old system there, and you, the plastic God. gets broken down. Does it, though? I don't know. Or are you pooping out plastic? Some. I, I believe you are. <laughs> but, of course, you have those petroleum products that come from creating the plastic that are going to enter your, your body and, and, and contaminate it. Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. Hey, while we're talking about China, let's talk about Chinatown and what's happening here in the United States where the what they're calling lawless buses are... Causing a stir. Uh, efforts to tame this from dnainfo.com. Efforts to tame a lawless bus industry that has left Chinatown like the Wild West 
have been introduced by neighborhood politicians. The move, which would force buses traveling between New York and other cities to have permits to operate, is teamed up. Uh, has teamed up Senator so-and-so with whoever else. They introduced a bill before the state legislature on Friday designed to create a permit system for the first time and ease what they call a chaotic lack of rules, which puts travelers and neighborhood residents at risk. According to uh, one of the bureaucrats, with no rules to regulate buses, the streets of Chinatown are like the Wild West, and that doesn't work for bus companies or the community. Today's system makes it hard to operate a business within the bounds of the law and plagues the community with noise, pollution, and chronic congestion. Chronic congestion, does that mean there's too many buses taking too many people to the destinations that they want to go? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, There basically is this incredible level of competition between these inner city uh, Chinatown bus routes where the the first story I saw about this showed a bus that was offering rides for like a dollar or something like that. Well, you know, I think that when you get on the rickety bus, uh, it takes your chances. I I don't think they're rickety. I think they're very nice and there's a lot of competition between these buses. Well, fine. then. This um, bus that had a dollar logo on it, it was very nice looking. Well, then um, at at that point, you you know what you're getting, right? You can, if the bus, if the the bus does something negligent or something, you can sue the guy. Well, not, not only that, it. just the market response. Just if a bus is known, a, com- a certain company is known to have their buses that break down or crash or don't make it to the destination, well, then they're going to lose the competition. So uh, it's but you their- see, it's, that's not what it's about. This is about what the government's looking at here as problems. It's not about any real problems the customers have with the buses. See, the operators don't have designated pickup or drop-off spots, mm. and they have been blamed for greatly increasing congestion and have been accused of causing accidents. The proposed permit system would mean buses have to use designated pickup and drop-off spots, among other measures. Whatever that means. That could be a whole bunch of different things. Hmm. Permit applications would also be reviewed by community boards. So, therefore, they'll be able to restrict uh, the amount of service providers in this particular industry to a very limited number, as opposed to anybody who wants to go out and buy a bus and start running people back and forth. It'll only be very specific groups, like with taxicab medallions, where there's a very limited amount of people that are allowed into the business, thereby inflating the rates uh, for taxicabs and creating jitney cabs where they're underground cabbies basically well isn't the idea of mass transit something that government has always been supporting (laughs) yeah right i mean they're always trying to get you to carpool and things like that so there's a successful you know mass transit system here where competition is causing buses to offer services above and beyond what the customer has been used to in other areas and now the government's like, well, we have a problem with this i guess we're not getting a taste you know they're they're not getting a piece of their pie that's right Uh, The proposed permit system, uh, again, would mean pickup and drop-off spots. A politician's move was welcomed by some uh, bus operators. Gee, I wonder if these people are uh, behind the scenes pulling (laughs) some strings to get these regulations passed. Wouldn't that be a surprise? The the, the big bus companies that are licensed in some way want the little bus companies that aren't licensed to be stopped. Pen Li Liang, president of the Fuwa Bus Company, or Fenghua Bus Company, said, For years, the bus parking situation in Chinatown has been chaotic. The lack of regulation has caused problems for the community. And for the bus companies, our company was the first long-distance bus company to operate out of Chinatown. For 13 years, we have waited for a system that will allow us to conduct our business more easily and in harmony with the local community. More so, easily, as in less competition. As in less competition. Yeah, harmony means we don't have to hear about the uh, people that we've hurt uh, by putting them out of business. Let's talk to Scott, listening in Charleston to WVTS. Hello, Scott. Hey, how are you doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight? 
oh, that rice thing just got me. I was like, this is, this is a step and a half away from Soylent Green, isn't it? <laughs> it's like the opposite. I, mean, <laughs> I know, but, ugh, you know, if they could do that, they could, you know, what else can they do that with? Ugh. Yeah, it's scary. Well, anyway, it's not the first time. Kinda... China has been doing this with rice for a while. They, they make, there's this high-quality version of rice, or Wu-Chang rice, which is more expensive than ordinary rice, but yet they're going to have the uh, artificial uh, knockoff version of that rice that's actually a lot cheaper. They've been selling to their own people, and and yet it's still full of additives and, and food products that aren't rice. Scary stuff. Scott, yeah. thanks for the call. We're short on time. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's get Larry in real quick for final thoughts tonight. Larry listening in Indy to WXNT. I'd just like to enlighten you guys on what they do. They built those cities over there as an experiment so that uh, when we get all the stimulus money going on over here, that we're going to rebuild our cities, they'll have the uh, crews ready to come over here and do that work and then go right back to China. So they don't do anything that uh, they're not going to make a buck on it. Thanks, thanks for the call, Larry. Our- it's it's uh, certainly speculative. Appreciate hearing from you. It has been Ian here tonight. Interesting. JJ here. And Mark. Back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you.